the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. And this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game of interest to us. Now, one thing concerning the transfer from one to the other has had a is going to be having a bit of a um, uh, remission briefly. What's happening with Redemption? Well, basically, they're just going to be taking a week off. So starting on October 17th, so uh, it's coming up downtime here through the redemptions uh, go through the t- October 23rd. So basically about a week, there will be no redemptions. Uh, they're being shut down temporarily, so Widgets can go through and just take stock of their inventory um, and can't figure out where they stand. Um, it's pretty typical. I think they do this about once a year um, that we don't have redemptions. But they will be back next Tuesday, uh, so a week from today from the time this podcast goes up. So that you'll have an opportunity to put in your redemption orders for the 24th. Now, it might be a really good idea to get your redemption orders in if you're playing to redeem Zendikar, Worldwake, Rise of the Eldradi, or Magic 2011, because the last possible chance would be November the 5th. So uh, from October the 24th to November the 5th, um, that's your last window opportunity. Absolutely. So if you if you need some real-life Jaces... Um, now would be the time, and also, or you know, the off-color or enemy-color sacklands. There's a couple of good things there, um, and I think most, for the most part, those sets can be put together relatively cheaply since they're outside of standard. But then again, they're also not worth very much. There's only a handful of cards you want in them. But yeah, if you absolutely want anything from them, November 5th, hard deadline. Yeah. And there are some pretty solid rares there. Not only the um, big Eldrazi Titans, uh, Iona Shields of Emeria. Um, all sorts of things which could be useful if you're uh, looking to get those in paper. Then uh, act, if not now, then at least when you're able to act. Yeah, and also don't forget Magic 2011. You know, with um, and um, the Titans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can get the Titans. <laughs> That's okay. Um. All right, but no, if you want to do any, any of those sets. Actually, uh, I think the Titans, yeah, they were in M11, right? Yeah, they were in um, 11 and 12, oh. which caused a bit of an uproar because... Um, yeah, that's right. No one wanted them reprinted, and they did it anyways. Got yep. it. Okay. Good, good. So, yeah, I guess there is something out of M11 that could be worthwhile. Yeah. Um, especially with Valakut making a return to modern. You may want your primevals. Yep. And also Prime you, time. Yeah, redeeming Zendikar to get Valakut. So yeah, this is, if you want modern Valakut, apparently your last chance is November 5th, if you want in real life. If you want escape shit, however, you're out of luck. Yeah, that, that ship is sailed. Alright. Um, but yeah, so we have all the details along with a couple other miscellaneous announcements, mostly about downtimes, um, scheduled and otherwise. Um, 
in the show notes. You can read all the details there. Yep. Now, one thing close to this podcast's heart is the Community Cup, named for our um, former colleague, uh, Eric Freiborg. Um, and we have the formats and stakes posted up uh, interactively on the Wizards website. Um, the Our esteemed representatives will be battling it out in Return to Ravnica Sealed, a um, mystery cube draft uh, with the exact list of the cube yet, un- yet to be announced. Ravnica Unified Constructed, which is um, RGD and Return to Ravnica all together in one place. So, um, yeah, you're probably going to get uh, more mileage out of the Return to Ravnica guilds because it's a close call because um, each guild will only have um, essentially some would have uh, a fifth of a set and some would have uh, two fifths. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because um, for those of you that aren't familiar with the unified deck construction rules, basically the the theory is that if, let's, if you imagined that the decks were stacked all on top of each other and made into one deck, that it would still have to be a tournament legal deck in that format. So basically you have to split up uh, the four copies of all the cards between the eight players um, on the Community Cup team. Um, of course, the really, the really useful thing about this format is you could essentially say, okay, you're Ravnica, you're Selesnia, you're Golgari, you're Azorius, you're Rakdos, sorry. <laughs> hey, they've gotten a little bit better with some of the Return to Ravnica stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. looking forward to um, throwing down with some of the bombs that in uh, short order. Mm-hmm. But um, there's definitely some some guilds which got the uh, short end of the stick. Um, but every guild's got at least something useful. No, definitely. There'll be some interesting things, and I'll be curious to see what they decide to go with, um, especially looking, you know, if there's certain personality types and play styles. Um, like, I know, obviously, Connolly Woods will want to find some very off-the-beaten-path off goofy deck um, to play. There'll be people that want aggro decks. Um, there can be attempts made at combo decks. Like, I could see, like, some kind of is-it-epic-experiment-style deck, um, yep. combo deck being made. So that's a possibility. Obviously, Selesnya populating with God, with a glare of the subduel could be a very potent deck. I wonder if anybody's going to place any dibs on um, uh, doubling season because doubling season and, and uh, populate. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that can definitely go bananas. <laughs> and there's a lot of potential there. Although you also, it, it's interesting because uh, doubling season. And may even end up getting chopped up between uh, Selesnya with Populate and Golgari with, um, uh, blah, blah, what is it called, Scavenge, potentially. Of course, the fun thing there would be having a um, uh, wedge deck. Uh, it would be a Teneb wedge. Um, oh, wedge, yeah. Uh, teneb, yeah. Yeah, if you put all of them both together. Sides. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Because I mean, they could do that because obviously having access to all ten guilds, like with only eight players, it's not necessarily need to be broken down that way because there will be some extra guilds left over. So that's yeah. entire poss- entirely possible. Um, but yeah, it opens up a lot of really interesting deck construction possibilities. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun to help participate and work with the team on for anyone interested in doing yeah. that. And then obviously, certainly fun to watch when the community cup is live. 
Now, one thing they've got on the side is the multi-ball wacky draft. Not part of the central events, but um, a zany draft format where drafters are required to follow specific rules as defined by our friends over at Loading Ready Run. More will be shared about these down the road. I'm leery of anything which leads with the words wacky and zany. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you've ever watched any of the Loading Ready Run uh, drafts that they have posted in articles and before, you know that they've done some really goofy stuff like, you know, s- strict requirements like um, picking cards out by alphabetically. Um, so mm-hmm. if you take a card, start today, start to be so on and so forth. Or having to alternate colors with every single pick. Um, until all five colors are picked and then starting over. And so I imagine it's kind of weird, goofy stuff like that, which will make for some very skill-intensive yet fun drafting to go on. Let's see what happens with that then. Um, I I dare say they'll be having fun with that. Yeah. Now, as to the rest of us, there's stakes on on the table, as there usually are. If the community team wins, as they have done in every past occasion... So, uh, so we'll put, when, when the community team wins, we'll say, when yes. the community team wins. Yes, when the community team wins or else, all players who log into Magic Online during the Community Cup, between the downtime on Wednesday, the October the 24th, and Friday, October the 26th, at 5pm Pacific Time, will get one entry into a draft queue. Which draft queue? You decide. We've got a link to this in the show notes. And the options are Return to Ravnica, Magic Online Cube, Invasion Block, Magic 2013, and Innistrad Block with Avastin Restored. And that's the first time which Innistrad and Avastin have all been lumped together in one huge um, pile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's pretty fun. And, you know, hey, free drafts are great. Um, it'll be... About a month after the Community Cup is, they said the queue will be available. It'll be a phantom single elimination tournament um, where everyone gets a new promo Moani Beast Tracker, and then the winner of the queue gets a return to Ravnica Booster. Um, so you don't have to sit here and weigh the pros and cons of the value of the expected value of the cards in the pack. So it's going to be a phantom draft. So it's whichever format more tickles your fancy. Yes. A chance to dip your toes in whatever draft format you like with a promo card on the line and a return to Ravnica pack if you're good enough. Absolutely. Um, and should, you know, the bizarro world happen and for some unforeseeable reason uh, the Watsi team win, then the 2012 Community Cup uh, will be a prize of a Sorrows Path Modern Frame promo. Mm. Now, whilst it is possible to kill people with Sorrows Path, I have done it, um... It's not a card which I'd want to see handed out to people, especially not marked with the shame of our brave competitors who are going out there to face wizards on their home turf, if they ever dare show their faces online ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty bad. I think I think last year the, the losing promo that we would have got was a, dark steel, a promo Darksteel Relic, which has a zero-costing artifact you can use to – there's stuff you can do with that. Um, yep. Pretty easily, whereas Sorrow's Path—that's that's scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like even that's like a, other bargain bin rares, they're like, "Whoa, Sorrow's Path!" Like you should probably stay over there, but like on the the far side of the box, I'll stay over here. 
as I've said, I have beaten people with Sorrow's Path and made sure to get a playset uh, as soon as it became available online the first time around. Yes, but most people are not the uber-mad genius that you are, AJ. I can, but encourage them. <laughs> you try, and you inspire with your interesting tales of landless avatar decks and such. Yeah, it is true. Though. I do tend to... Um... But you can't look at Sora's path and think, there has to be some way I could beat my opponent with this. <laughs> and there is. Um, yeah. All you've got to do is donate it and tap and untap it repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so, yeah, that is what's going on for the Community Cup. It sh- should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and help, you know, even now that we know the format, you can help out with deck construction. And, yeah, all you have to do is log in at some point between that Wednesday and Friday, which, if you want to watch any of the coverage, I'm sure you'll already do. Um, but, yeah, go vote for, vote for what draft format you want so that we can get our free draft when they win. Our guaranteed free draft um, with no problems whatsoever because they're not going to let Eric's Cup slip from their fingers Absolutely. if they want to keep fingers. Yeah. And I mean, not, that fre- not that I'm threatening them. It's more sort of a just a statement of fact, really. Yeah. I mean, I have full confidence in them. I'm sure you know the Watsi people are already shaking in their boots. Um, yep. so. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the um, all the tidbits of news we've been able to glean for the moment. Uh, it should be noted that Return to Ravnica is finally available online. Um, so let's have a look at uh, what the initial price ranges are for the various things which have hit the markets uh, so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what we have here is just um, based on the pre-release availability um, and most of these cards aren't yet available, but the starting out prices, and they'll be interesting to look at here um, as posted by MTGO Traders. And we can take a quick look. We've got every, pretty much every card that's over a dollar or so on here. First up, and why we only, and we only have a couple of monocolored cards. Why have we got two cards? Angel of Serenity and Armada Worm. Mm. Now, Armada Worm is... Um, that's a thing of beauty, although it is... Uh, more a um, multicolor card than a, um, a white one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's you're right. That's about part of Selesnia. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I guess the only pure white card would be Angel of Serenity. Um, but what a card! Yeah, quite quite the card. Has already made some tournament appearances, and understandably so, <laughs> with its incredibly potent ability. Yes, it's a case of um, either get rid of things or uh, recycle things. And yeah. or both. And have a huge beater in the meantime. Yeah. Evasive. Yeah, in the meantime, smack your opponent upside the head um, until they deal with it. Yep. Uh, looking at blue, we have uh, Cyclonic Rift, the one-sided creature upheaval, or just Disperse, um, for t- at 239. And then... I believe ruling the roost of the set right now would be Jace, the Architect of Thought, at just a shade under 40. No. <laughs> Jace Planeswalker being the most expensive card in the set? That never. is shocking information. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're there again. Yeah. Hey, hey, not $100 yet. So <laughs> there's that. So, yeah, 
look forward to another standard dominated by Jace. I quite like the look of Cyclonic Rift, though. Um, all non-land permanents bounced is um, that you don't control, or at least that you're, you and any teammates you may have in multiplayer don't control. That's fun. That's nice. That's useful. That's um, horribly nasty. And I, did I, like not, I did not even think about the implications of overload in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that's, easy to do in um, some multiplayer formats. Yeah, that's that's pretty mean. Because um, I was already seeing Cyclonic Rift as a pretty strong card. Because obviously, you know, Upheaval U um, is pretty good. Um, even yes. if they do get to keep their lands. It's uh, Tempo Bounce You, or if I've got enough mana, Upheaval You, and um, I don't even have to float three to keep my Psychotog. Exactly. He just smashes you in the face that turn. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And then Jace, obviously. Well, he's Jace. He defends himself, he, he generates card advantage, and he has a potent um, ultimate, all for four mana. You know the, you know the story. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're sick of his face and... Uh, New Age Cal by now, then join the club. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to like him. Yeah. I mean, someone has to like him, because he keeps making the storyline. That's not so much people like him. It's more of a case that they keep making him ridiculously powerful. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, have a hard-to-deal-with blue permanent, which does all the things which blue does best. <laughs> yep. Well, it's popular for some reason. Well, I mean, I they... Want- you know, as long as blue has the winning mechanic, they're gonna they're gonna keep having to do that. True. Now, moving on to other colours, we have a couple of interesting ones um, just hovering between one and two uh, for black underworld connections, which is the uh, direction arena which sits on the land. Mm-hmm. Um, Good card. Yeah, Ar- already seen a little bit of play. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. About one point seven. And Acropolis Regent, which is the vampire with, um, well, it's an effect we haven't seen since, um, it's a bit like, uh, oh, what do we call it? The, um, uh, Mephidros vampire from, uh, the original, uh, Fifth Dawn, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is, in this case, it's a, um, six mana flying six five with, uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, but that many plus one plus one counters on it, which, Definitely seems like a hangover from um, Innistrad in many ways. No, absolutely. She's uh, She has that new vampire mechanic that we saw in Innistrad, but taken to the nth degree, where instead of just an additional counter for each hit, you get all the damage in counters. So, pretty potent. And, of course, she hits for six herself, so doubles to 12, which is a nice flashback to um, Zazdek, um, Lord of Secrets, who... Uh, the, Essentially doubled in size and milled your opponent instead of dealing damage. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that guy. Um, but instead of milling, she just gets bigger and keeps slapping on the side of the head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, interesting card. Um, That's at um, 1.4 thereabouts. Red, you have the. Um, uh, we're seriously trying to deal with Delva, honest. Ashes Elliot at 2.4. Mm-hmm. And the um, delightfully fun to play with Mizian Mortars at 4.2. Yes. And a card I realized, I, and this is one of the things that Magic Online is good for, at least 90% of the time, I realized an opponent misused against me and it cost me a match in real life. Huh? Yes. Uh, and, and I accepted it because I assumed it was right and didn't even realize at the time. 
but when I had a board full of spirit tokens that I was ready to smash my opponent's face in with, his last card in his hand was Snapcaster Mage, which he uh -huh. then cast, targeting Mizium Mortars, to clear my board. Uh-huh. Problem is, that doesn't work. Doesn't uh, it? Do they not, not nope. work on... Um... Well, it's interesting, well, because here's the thing, is because Overload and Flashback both create alternate casting costs. Right. And you can only choose one. So the flashback cost is one in a red to do the spell's effect. And the right. overload cost is an is a, is a alternate casting cost of three and three red. But it's the same logic behind why I can't um, flashback snuff out and pay for life, for example. Mm -hmm. Because it's an because overload is an alternate casting cost, just like flashback is. Um, so it's just interesting, you know. And I don't think my opponent, it was, it was the day that Ravnica was legal in real life. So I don't think my opponent had malice in his attempt to do it, and I I just accepted it. I was like, yeah, makes sense. Um, and I, you know, as soon as he played the Snapcaster Mage, I picked up all my tokens because I knew what he was doing. Um, yeah. So yeah, but just just a fun note. Not that it, you know, again, not that it affects us on, on online play, but yeah. I mean, the only time has come before is um, with uh, Blast from the Past, which was in an unset. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Right. Which had kicker, flashback, buyback, um, cycling, um, and kicker. If I'm yeah. correct. Yeah, all the all the old mechanics at that point. Still a good card, uh, Mizzy yeah. Mortars. <laughs> not not knocking it, but oh, absolutely. I've yeah. uh, picked up a playset myself, and uh, the sheer utility of it. It um, it reminds me a great deal of um, slice and dice, which was cycle to uh, ping everything for one and draw a card for three mana. Or six mana, four damage to everything, but it has better utility. It's um, four damage to one thing, and four damage to all things which aren't yours. Is it's it's a great little range of things, and um, I'm going to enjoy playing it still further. No, absolutely. I was actually really mad because I opened one in a draft um, and could not take it. It was uh, the third pack. I opened it and I couldn't take it because I opened a foil temple garden. Um, I know you're crying tears for me. That I couldn't take a Mizium Mortars because I had to take a Foil Temple Garden. I think I might have dropped the Foil Temple Garden because just it's it's just boss removal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had to. I had. I'm not gonna pass up a Foil Duel Land. That's just that's the bottom line. Like. All right. Yeah. And my deck was decent enough uh, that in that case, being a Swiss draft, I was more than happy to take that. Um, yep. I have pretty much a hard time passing anywhere worth more than like two or three dollars, as long as my deck is not horrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. no. All right, uh, but that kind of does it for the red cards, and we only have one monocolored card left um, that's breaking the dollar threshold, and it's unsurprisingly another mythic, and it's World Spine Worm. Yep, two point five will net you a fifteen, fifteen, four, fifteen, which which turns into fifteen power creatures when it dies. And recycles. Not AJ, you don't sell the card short. It's only 11 mana. Oh, fair point, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do apologize, 15 for 11. Yeah, now that's a deal. Um, especially when it dies, though. And it does have the reanimator clause tacked on there as well. So when it goes in your graveyard, you get shuffled back in. Mm -hmm. But still, very fun little card. All right. All right, so let's move into our guild cards. Azorius. Um, obviously, we have Supreme Verdict, our new Wrath of God, uh, in there at about $5. Detention Sphere, the Uber Oblivion Ring, 
also at about $5. Yep. Sphinx's Revelation, the card advantageous anti-aggro card, is six thirty-three, And then Azorius Charm is almost at $2. Um, hmm. I imagine that's come down a little bit since the time of this recording, but interesting to note that this is a sought-after charm. Yeah, it's interesting to see Bomb Uncommons back. Um, we haven't had uh, really expensive Uncommons for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rancor briefly had a showing, even though it had been printed, but since it was coming from Urza's block, hadn't uh, been highly available. Uh, but it started to fall once drafting is gone, but I still think it's like a, about a quarter, which is pretty good for an uncommon. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the next guild, we have Selesnia with Armada Worm, as we mentioned earlier, at... Um, 12.2 for a for two five five tramplers. Good deal. Yeah, I mean not bad at all. Six mana, ten power, and two guys. That's uh not bad, especially when you know if you have any populate spells to start working to just generate more and more trampling worms. It's not a bad deal. Uh, Loxton Smiter, the um, uh, you're not. You're going to have a bad day. Whatever. Uh, three mana, four four. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do a nasty Selesnya elephant deck. Uh, is at uh, four point two at the moment. Mm-hmm. Just thinking back to the previous um, uh, Loxton hierarch. Because yeah, you could imagine going Loxton Smiter, Loxton hierarch. I'm not sure what you'd follow it up with on turn five. Yeah, I was trying to think. I'm like, I'm sure there's some kind of five drop elephant, or you know, five drop elephant. So if you could do, and if you accelerate turn one, and then you know, turn two, smiter, turn three, high arc. Um, I don't know. You could play nothing else. You could play another smiter, and then leave the mana open in case you need to activate the locks on high arc's ability to save the other ones. Yeah, that could work. Um, but you're probably winning the game next turn anyway. If there's, if they can't stem your four fours. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of lot of green white elephants out there. Yep, and Celestia Charm is also uh, fairly substantial at 1.3. Uh, another bomb uncommon uh, with Trostani, Celestia's voice, the um, guild mythic at uh, six tickets apiece. Mm-hmm. Life gaining populator. Yeah, pretty strong, and also combos very nicely with the Armada Worm that we mentioned previously. <laughs> Well, yeah, but Celestia is all about comboing nicely with each other. Very true. Good with creatures. Hey, what's not what's not to like? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about um, the Guild of the Draco Genius? Is it? Uh, uh, yeah. I only have a couple of cards here cracking the point. Obviously, the Guild leader himself, Niv Mizzet, um, he's at about four, a little over four tickets. And then the previously noted Epic Experiment, the Combolicious free spell uh, sorcery itself, which is at 256. Definitely going to have to pick a few of those up and um, start spraying things whilst laughing maniacally. Yeah, no, absolutely. That card's got a lot of potential to be incredibly silly. And it's interesting note that I noticed that the foil, their asking price is 14, um, which, you know, being a mythic isn't too far out of the realm, but it seems a little high. And so I'm just concerned about a potential for this being um, a leg- like a legacy or classic powerhouse, which would you know 
just to let you know that the foil will command a great premium if you happen to get it. So don't just hand that card away um, for, you know, five or six tickets, just yep. in case. Or at least keep an eye on the price in case it goes up or down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, recycling on towards the Golgari. Uh, Abrupt Decay is, um, uh, as you'd expect from a two-mana Vindicate, uh, currently ruling the roost at just over seven tickets each. Mm-hmm. Totally appropriate, my book. Deathrite Shaman, the one-mana graveyard hoser, which provides all sorts of fun and bennies, is at 3.74. Yep, not bad. Not bad. Gerard, Golgari Leash Lord, who we've already had in the form of the um, Is It versus Golgari version, is at 2.5 each. Mm-hmm. Decent card. I've seen him... I saw an interesting deck that uh, used him and a variety of other... Um, Black green cards like Boneyard Worm and Ghoul Tree mm. that looked pretty potent. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably the most interesting part of it was I was, at first I saw the guy playing and I was like, all right, you know, your deck seems okay. He was kind of getting beat up. And then I saw him play Disciple of Bolas and sacrifice a Ghoul Tree to gain 10 life and draw 10 cards. I like that strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, goodness. Yeah, that's um. Oh, what was the uh, uh, green card which was uh, similar to that in Razi the Eldrazi? Um, oh yeah, the moment of oh god, what was that card called? But yeah, it was like a four mana green instant. You sacked a creature and you did that. Yep. Uh, draw cards, gain life, get bennies, all yeah. good. Probably. Now, uh, Lothless Troll, which is um. Uh, best friends with Grave Crawler and similar um, zombies is at uh, 6.25 apiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy, I think that deserves that. He's pretty potent. He's going to mess uh, some people up, but good. Rask of the Unseen, the other planeswalker, is at 15.26 apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, Over, overpriced, I think, at that point. Maybe a bit. But yeah. um, eh, Gorgons are fun. Yeah. Also, interesting note, apparently I've talked to several of the paper dealers, and the assassin tokens that that card creates are uber rare. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know some small-time dealers that I talked to, like internet dealers, they opened up multiple cases, and they're like, yeah, I got like two. So <laughs> collecting the three to produce, um, that's going to be tricky. Yeah. Uh, luckily, again, not, not something we have to worry about. Um, here in the online realm. They just get provided for us. Um, All the tokens we can need when we need them. Yep. We even get nice pretty foil ones when uh, we're playing foil copies of the card. Yep. Dreadbore, not quite the first card to mention Target Planeswalker, but um, relatively close. Destroy Target's uh, certainly a first. Is at 6.83. Mm-hmm. Um, Rakdos Cackler, the, um, I believe that's the that's the uncommon, the uh, the one mana one one with unleash. Yep, is uh, surprisingly valuable at uh, one point four at the moment. Mm-hmm. Rakdos's return is worth um, a bit more than twice as much than Rakdos himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. The anticipated return is is very hyped, but then when he actually shows up, you're like, eh. Mm-hmm. He's returning at nine tickets. Uh, well, nine point one. 
and he himself is worth just under four at three point eight. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. That said, I definitely want to get a few of those. Um, I have a certain leaning towards the whole um, corner of is it and Rakdos myself. Um, yes, I like uh, doing mad experiments, but I just want to have fun doing it. And if people get hurt, then yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, you can do mad experiments, and you can smash people inside the head for six as well, um, yeah. all at the same time. Good stuff. Mad experiments right. that hurt. Mad experiments that hurt people. Please don't send the police around my house. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that's an introductory look at all of your Ravnica prices. Obviously, these will have changed somewhat since we recorded, and that can be part of the fun to see what happens to the price in the first couple of days. Um, so you'll see that between the recording and the posting of this podcast. Yep. All right, on to our question of the week. What card are you most excited to play with from Return to Ravnica? Hmm. Ah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's there's so many to choose from. Um, part of me wants to uh, buy up a set of um, Rasheen Meandra to ramp out truly huge um, epic experiments, uh, uh, just chaining in uh, ridiculous amounts of uh, uh, card draw, freed spells. Maybe do something really silly, like epic experiment into... Um, uh, the uh, oh, what's the uh, brilliant ultimatum? Is the other one? Which which one is that? I mean, it's the blue, white, black one, right? Yeah. Uh, what does it do though? I, I didn't. It's basically fact or fiction, only instead of drawing the cards, you play them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that that'd be pretty potent. Mm-hmm. And if you can get uh, epic experiment up to nine mana, then any and all ultimatums you draw. Yeah, that'd, that'd go a little bananas at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a fun little deck there. Um, failing that, um, I want to get my hands on some Rakdos just to um, uh, pain cast out some really nasty artifacts um, for absolutely free. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an appeal to trying to paint. It's, and it's unfortunate they that we're getting Rakdos as we lose the artifact block. Um, but I'm sure there have been a you know, a lot of people have been annoyed if getting hit with Rakdos and then having free steel Hellkites and or worm coil engines coming down um, to beat them in the face. It could be interesting to try, actually. It could be um, a nice little uh, thing to do in modern. Maybe unsuspend the... Um, uh, da, 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 what's the name of the um, suspend burn spell? Uh, Rift Bolt? Unsus- yeah. Unsuspend Rift Bolt, drop Rakdos... And then cast a whole bunch of three mana um, artifact creatures completely free. Hmm. That'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some definite possibilities there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As for myself, I really am not sure yet. Because my biggest concern is that there's lots of red and black cards I want to play. Um, like I want to make you know mono red decks. I like Rakdos Cackler. Ash Zelic is potentially interesting. Rakdos Return seems like a fun card. My problem is that I just feel like aggro is not in a good position right mm. now. Um, with things like Centaur Healer just, you know, eating your bacon. Uh, but So one card I'm really excited to try and figure out how to work is um, Underworld Connections. 
because I like that card a lot. It's it's really good. I loved Phyrexian Arena back in the day, and so I like the potential that it has. So I want to figure out a way to um, play some kind of control deck which can use that to its advantage. Yep. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say Underworld Connections for now. Yeah. Stick it on Underworld. Stick it on a um, Overgrown Tomb and Arbor Elf that repeatedly. Yeah, that would definitely be fun. <laughs> definitely see a, a black green deck making use of that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, but let us know what card you're looking forward to the most, and you know, hopefully you can obtain it. It'll be one of the easier ones. Not gonna say, yeah, I want four Jace. Um, you might be waiting a while on that one. Yeah, wait a while or pay through the nose. Yeah, it's always painful. Yeah, or get them now before they become a hundred dollars. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or both. Yeah. All right. Well, that will kind of wrap up the information from the podcast this week. So, AJ, what you been playing? I've been dabbling in a fun little beast space control build. Um, a bit of a rarity for me, and it was a collaborative effort between myself and someone else. And a bit of an oddity is in the only person who actually beat was my collaborator. <laughs> so the person who had the most knowledge of the deck was the man, the person you managed to stop. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I did run a couple of other people pretty close, but um, luck wasn't against me when somebody who had um, three single to plane walkers in a 70 card deck and drew all of them. Ouch. Uh, that was uh, a couple of weeks ago against the uh, Avatar deck, which doesn't have that many ways of dealing with planeswalkers. That's a sticking point these days. <laughs> Uh, can I ask you a question? The most important question about your beast based control deck? Yep. Were you playing Contested Cliffs? Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> this God, was the, man, I loved me some Contested Cliffs back in the day. This was the first card I stuck in the deck list um, when my uh, collaborator said the words beast and control. Yeah. Just making sure. <laughs> Nothing like... Um, Oh, hey, you can't play any creatures smaller than mine because they'll die instantly. Yeah. And I've got some really big creatures. Oh, yeah, I definitely – I remember playing some goofy beast decks where I, you know, I'd be like, what's up? You got a Mulder Slug. Going to eat your artifacts. Oh, you still have a Mirror Enforcer? Contested Cliffs, he dies. Keep eating artifacts. Mm. Good times. Good times, yeah. Uh, as for currently, though, back in the, the real-world Magic, um, I got to play quite a bit of Magic, actually, this week. Um, I played in Thursday Night Magic Online and picked up a couple of the new Evolving Wilds. I managed to go 2-1 and one in two events, uh, so 4-2 and two total. Um, so I did all right. Didn't quite get the perfect score, which was surprising. It was M13 sealed, and my first one I'm not so surprised I lost. My opponent had a really good deck, but my second sealed, I had a absolutely bananas um, pretty much mono black deck it actually was black green but I had multiple removal spells I had two vampire nighthawks because um, I, like, I, I had like 14 or 15 playable black cards and, be nice. Yeah, along with the black ring as well to go with all these black creatures and black removal um, so I'm really not sure how I managed to lose one with that but it happened um, yeah. But hey, I got a couple packs and I got um, some evolving promo evolving wilds with that beautiful artwork. So wasn't too too sad about that. Yep. Now what it was yeah what it was sad about was the real life PTQ I went to play in this last weekend and 
ended up with a bleh card pool and went 0-2 drop. Nah, good. Yeah. No bombs, no nothing. Well, I, and I, I, I was joking when someone asked me what happened. I was like, if this deck were a commander deck or an e, like an EDH deck, my commander would have to be so bad because it's <laughs> the only way to describe the deck. <laughs> uh, essentially, like pretty much every playable card I had cost four mana. Um, all my good creatures were four mana. All my good spells were four mana. So every time, no matter what deck I tried to build, it ended up with like fourteen or fifteen four drops. <laughs> That's not a good place to have your um have your curve really take off. Yeah, no, not, that's it's not ideal. Um, not unless all your one drops, two drops, and three drops are ramp. Yeah, no, they were not. <laughs> there was there was no ramp to be had. Um, so yeah, I, I got picked apart by um, a green, white, black aggro deck, and then a blue, red, black aggro deck. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to beat aggro decks, so there's nothing I can do here. I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, well, yep. such is life. Yeah, it was worth a shot. And then, interestingly enough, it made my third real-life event in a row that where I've gotten an abrupt decay. That's not a bad trend to be in. No, absolutely not. I'm hoping it carries on to online, because at the pre-release I played in, um, I got an abrupt decay in my packs that I won. I went to F&M, I won two packs, one of them had an abrupt decay, and then I went to this pre-release, and or this PTQ, and the packs I ended up with had an abrupt decay in them. Must be nice. Yeah, there are worse trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right then, that's about all we've got time for this week. So uh, it's a goodbye from me. Yeah. And goodbye from me. All the best. Later, guys.